Hey guys, brand new podcast, brand new tour, the Birdie Boy US Tour. Pre-sale starts right now, Wednesday at 10 a.m., wherever you are, 10 a.m. Use the promo code BIRDIEBOY. It starts January 30th in Burlington, Vermont. I'm going to list off the cities I'm hitting, but like I said, go to BurtBurtBurt.com and use the promo code BIRDIEBOY today to get your tickets before they go to general on sale. Once they go to general on sale, that is when third-party vendors jump in, and that's when ticket prices skyrocket. So get your tickets right now. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com. We are starting in Burlington, Vermont. I have never been to Burlington, Vermont. January 30th, Rochester, New York, Dayton, Ohio, San Jose, California, Sacramento, California, Bakersfield on the 8th of February, Indianapolis, Evansville, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, Medford, Massachusetts, Mass, Nantucket, Connecticut, Portland, Maine, Wilkes-Barre, PA, Schenectady, New York, New York, Washington, D.C. Where am I playing in D.C.? Ooh, I like that place. New Orleans, Louisiana on the 12th of March. Montgomery, Alabama, Huntsville, Springfield, Peoria, Sioux City, Cedar Rapids, Rockford, Illinois, Milwaukee, Green Bay, St. Louis, Durham, Knoxville, Nashville, Atlanta, Wichita, Grand Prairie, Austin, Tampa, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, Duluth, Fargo, Winnipeg. I guess it's more than a fucking U.S. tour. Shit, I should have known that before I branded it U.S. tour. Oh, Winnipeg can be, you know, what? what's a couple miles between friends? 230-some-odd. Greensboro, North Carolina, Charleston, West Virginia, Augusta, Georgia, Charlotte, New North Carolina, Minneapolis, Denver. Oh, I can't announce Denver yet. Is <laughs> the Birdie Boy U.S. tour. Go to burtburtburt.com. Use the promo code Birdie Boy, Body Shots World Tour is still going on. I'm getting on a plane tonight. Uh, I'm doing one pop-up show at a comedy club. Uh, I did not. Uh, I didn't. I think I announced that last week, but I didn't put it on social media. Apologize to everyone who didn't get tickets. And then I am off to Cincinnati, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Chicago, the Chicago Theater, two shows in all of these respectively, and then Fort Wayne, Indiana. The new tour will be all new material. Uh, it obviously, I would never go back and do the same material. So for the machine story, I mean, if you want it, I'll tell it. If not, I'll tell another story. You tell me what you want me to tell. I was going to call this tour Pick Your Poison and have you guys pick it on my website, but that became super fucking complicated. So we came with Birdie Boy. Why Birdie Boy? Why Birdie Boy, Leanne? Because uh, all of your female family members call you Birdie Boy. Your sisters, your daughters, everybody. Everyone calls me Birdie Boy. Just seemed like a natural fit. Yeah. It's a kind of tour that I wouldn't mind saying the name over and over again. Yeah, so you're like a man boy anyway. Yeah, and then we'll be going uh, abroad to Europe and to Australia again. All new material. Um, but I'm wrapping this one up. I'm wrapping up the Body Shots World Tour. Body Shots World Tour has been... Amazing. A, amazing. It's been a dream come true. It's been it really incredible. Is. It's been out of this world. Nothing will change. We'll still have a tour bus. We'll still go party after the show. Although I have not been feeling like partying since Sober October left. Why do you have to party? Well, Why I, can't you just hang out without partying? I you know, when I was in college, I was a psychology major. 
And I remember raising my hand in this behavioral psychology class and asking why people could dance when they were drunk but couldn't dance when they were sober. Mm -hmm. And she said that you can. Anything your physical body can do sober, it can do drunk or vice versa. So it is it is just a psychological block that makes you think you can't dance when you're sober. Because if your physical body can do it drunk, your physical body can do it sober. So why can't you party without drinking? I don't know. Uh, that I don't think that was technically the question I was asking. Well, that's a, technically the question I'm asking. No, but I haven't felt like partying. Yeah, I okay. Felt like, so why do you have to? That was the uh, question. Because I'm, I'm right now, I don't know. I'm just... I'm just talking. Okay, I'm just talking back. I'm in the middle of like a, 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 a like, I feel like I'm in the middle of a midlife crisis. Are you? I don't know. Another one? I, this is my first one. <laughs> Bull malarkey. For real? <laughs> For real. <laughs> Baby doll. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not your first midlife crisis. I just, I just. But I, I am I really happy that you forget. I haven't gotten my zhuzh back after sober October. Mm. I wonder if you have that hormone that women have after they have a baby. Your body releases a hormone that makes you forget the horrificness of having a baby. I wonder if that's what happens after your like midlife crisis breakdown. Is I don't you know. Admit some I'm kind starting of to see things a little differently. I'm starting to see health a little differently. Good. Like I, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, what do you call them? Totems. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. You know what's so funny? Not by the way. This this could have been a bit if I didn't just share it on my podcast. Totems were a thing before the internet started taking what you Googled and then flashing it in front of you every 25 seconds. What do you mean? I'm confused. So if you're talking about a totem, like your spirit animal a totem thing? is something that you see keep popping up in your life. Uh huh. Okay. And then you're like, Whoa, that's the path I need to be following. Okay. But what happens with the internet is say you watch one video on Artie Lang's recovery and then read an article on Jamie Lee Curtis's recovery then all you get are recovery articles coming up in your newsfeed. Oh. It's like if you Google Nike SB Low Dunks, when you're on Facebook, you'll see an ad for Nike SB Low Dunks on the right. And you're like, that's creepy. And you're like, does that really happen? It genuinely happens. Uh, yeah, it's a hundred percent. That's if you say it, Alexa hears it. That's creepy. Yeah, and so totems are out the fucking window because you say you Google something about like say addiction or something, and then all of a sudden. That's all you get are articles about that. So today when I was like, I was like, I've been getting a lot. Remember we were talking about it? And I was like, I've been getting a lot of things about like, guy quit drinking for three years. Look at the change in his body. Already like, and then I was like, oh, it's just because I fucking read one article. And then the internet's like, oh, somebody likes must, addiction. Somebody has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's bizarre. I didn't know that worked like that. Yeah. That's and, and, disturbing. I feel watched. Ah uh, well, I feel just, violated a little just bit. Go with it. I think you got. It's it's almost like uh, it's almost like. But well, here's a question. I have never bought shoes on Instagram. Freaking shoes come up constantly on my Instagram. You must have. Why? You, I've I, never bought shoes there. I don't know. I can't answer that. You yeah? Do you talk about shoes on Instagram? I no no. Good God! It's like you just found the internet. How did you not know this happened? <laughs> because I don't like the internet. I have a flight to catch, at. Uh, our car's picking us up in 10 minutes. Well, you better hurry up then. Um, I just want you guys to come see me on the Birdie Boy U.S. tour. I'm super excited. I'm super, super excited. You know why? Uh, I will tell you, there's a there's a little bit of a time crunch that happens when you do. We had a weird time crunch. When we started the Bur the Body Shots World Tour, We thought I thought I was going to be shooting a special in June. Do you remember that? Yes. And I was panicked. And so I was in a fevered pitch to write. 
Because I was like, I don't know if I could turn around a special in six months. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden they were like, don't worry, we don't have to do it until November. And then I relaxed and I had fun with it. Yeah. This is going to be a fun, 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 fun tour with no parameters, no special at the end of it, no lurking uh, deadline to come through with. As far as you know. As far as I know. As of now. I just need an opener for... If you guys have seen any of my shows that you've and, and you're like, God, man, the way you opened that one was strong. Just need an opener. I, I say I need an opener. I fucking go on stage and rip my goddamn shirt off. I'm such a fucking piece of shit. No, like, you're not. I, I'm such a fuck. Don't talk like that. That's not nice. I said one time, I have a propensity to beat myself up in my head. Yes. I was doing it pretty bad today. You're very punitive. I know. With yourself and with others. Hey, guys, if you're thinking about writing a shitty comment to me online, no need to. I do it already. Oh, yeah. He beat you to the punch for (laughs) sure. Whatever you think of me, I've done it times a million. Well, then that kind of makes you immune. So it's kind of good. It does not make you immune. It just it validates your horrible thoughts about you. Well, if you you let them. Someone writes something nasty, I go, I knew it. If you let them. These poor, I'll tell you what, I have this phone number. You know, and I, I've been getting a lot of shitty uh, things online because I guess a lot of people are getting these phone numbers. And look, I use it for four reasons. I text you when my show's going sale. So you'll get a text tomorrow. If you got that number, you got a text from me this morning. You'll get a text on your birthday. When my special airs, you get a text. And if I have a TV show that's airing, I'll give you a text for that. That's all you get them for. But celebrities are getting them. I'll tell you the two things that are fucking fascinating to me. Really, really fun. We talked about this a little bit is watching someone spiral out on text. It is. It has been fucking insane to watch. It makes your heart break a little bit for, because that never happened when I was a kid. You never spiraled out. You'd leave voicemails. Like you'd leave like a bunch of messages, like mm-hmm. psycho messages. And no one does that anymore. But damn, man, I this poor guy, I won't say his name. He spun out so fucking hard via text and you it was clear that a man in his life had walked out on him that he had lost his father at some point that his father stopped caring about him the way he started unraveling and saying it this is exactly who i thought you were oh wow and exactly and i'm like by the way i just i get i get like about four thousand texts a day right now yeah so like i can't go through all of them but his happened to be at the top of the thing this is exactly who i thought you were and I'm, did you reply? I said, hey, brother. I said, I'm sorry I just got to this. And then I answered. He had like nine questions. I answered all of them. And he was like, I wish I could remember what he did, but what he did was even crazier. Like he just. He, so he didn't text he back and go, oh, man, sorry about that. No, I, I wish I could. He couldn't be wrong. No, he couldn't be wrong, but it mm-hmm. was like he was already so hurt. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man. I don't, I'm not going to overtext you with this number. I'm not going to blow you guys' spot up. I'm not going to sell your number. I'm not going to share your number. The number is 323-208-0844. But if you want to text, and, I'm, and I get on there every morning for like 10 minutes and reply to text, I send out a happy birthday. I usually reply to everyone that I send a happy birthday to because those come. Those are the first people to write back, and that's when I'm on. But uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I think... If you went through this country and you talked about, if you if you get like a judge on mental illness, the way you can with like overweightness, yeah. like if you look at obesity rates, if you just walk around our country, you'll see a lot of obesity, myself included. And 
But if you walked around and you could see people's mental stability the way you see obesity, mm-hmm. I think it would break your fucking heart. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And by the way, I'm only saying that because I'm in a little bit, I was in a funk today. Yeah. Panic attacks and I couldn't get out of them. Yeah. I could not turn them around. I didn't know how to turn them around. I was like, I was like, come on, big guy, you got this. You're Everything's going good. And then I would, I would just, it was like a sense of dread. I think it was something chemical in your body or lack thereof. This all fucking fits in perfectly with today's podcast. It really does. Um, today's podcast is Gary Goleman. Gary Goleman has a special streaming right now on HBO. I think Hulu just picked up his last special and is airing it. But this special is uh, next level. If you're dealing with if you're dealing with any depression, and by the way, I, I can't I can't sell myself as a guy dealing with depression. I don't know what the fuck I deal with, but it's not depression. Like Gary legit deals with depression. He legit does. His new special is it's airing all the time on HBO. He's got you can go on HBO, go and watch it. It's called The Great Depression. Or HBO Now. Or HBO Now, I'm sorry. Either both, they're both. HBO Go or HBO Now. But this is a great conversation. I've known Gary for probably 20, I've been doing comedy 21 years, probably 21 years about. And he's been a good, close friend of mine for a long time. We drifted apart. We talk about a friend of ours who we both knew who passed away from depression and suicide. And, and you can hear the shock in Gary's voice. But Gary is... A great guy, and, and I and I, I look. I I didn't mean for this to lead into this, but everyone don't think something's wrong with you. Everyone struggles, and guess what? Some people struggle just a little bit, like myself, where you got you got shitty days and you can't back out of it, and and you got shit in your head, and you keep saying to yourself, "Am I going to drink on the flight tonight? Am I not going to drink on the flight tonight? Am I going to drink on the flight tonight? Am I not going to drink on the flight tonight? Should I drink? I'll have a drink. I'm not going to have a drink. I'm not going to have a drink." And then you're obsessive compulsive about it. And some people get institutionalized. Some yeah. people commit themselves to an institution like Gary did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, you got to watch the special. It's fucking phenomenal. But this conversation is the reason I have a podcast. You are going to absolutely love this podcast. It is a good one. It is deep. It's funny. It's heavy. It's everything we meant podcasting to be when we got into podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, stand-up comedian, Gary Goldman. This is Podcast. Here, sit down. Let's podcast. Talent. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Let's podcast. All right. We'll, we'll talk about this on the podcast. Okay. Jay Moore did save your life. He <laughs> did. Yeah. He probably got probably was a lot of the reason he gave me my first break. Opening for him? Yeah, it was a yeah. big fucking deal. Oh, that was really helpful. Oh, it was super helpful. I think yeah. I, I learned probably more in I learned more that I I don't know how long I opened for him for, but I I learned more in that period of time. Do you ever do you ever think like when you guys worked with Dane, do you ever think look back and go what you learned in those moments? Cuz I know it's it's like it's it's hard for us it's really hard when you're opening for one of your friends that's yeah. roughly your same same age, but they're blowing right. up. Yeah, yeah. I learned that I'm not great being in other people's orbits. In, in other people's what? Orbits. Me, either. Right. I do not. I don't I, like how I feel about myself. I don't. I don't like the concessions you have to make to their stardom. 
Oh man, that uh, yeah. there's a lot I didn't like. It was it's it's an interesting transition as a man because I went from someone who was top of the world, top of the world, top of the world, or like big fish, big fish, big fish, right? And then li- someone's little fish, like sidekick, that, yeah, sidekick, yeah. It's, it, I'm not a Batman, but I'm no Robin. <laughs> somewhere oh, that's somewhere that's around great, that maybe a commissioner gordon or a that's a yeah, great phrase yeah i remember you know what was cool about you is um when you, right after you did last comic standing you were a batman <laughs> and you allowed me to go out and work with you and jay london oh that was you, fun you yeah gave me like three gigs or something yeah it was like thir- it was like three thousand dollars a gig wow i was like so i just had georgia wow and um but you didn't make me feel like robin oh good yeah yeah because i knew that you were at least as funny as me if not funnier and no yeah. my dad would never say that <laughs> oh your dad your dad is a big fan yeah, that's so nice. So congrats on the special, man. Oh, thanks, man. You excited? Have, yes. It have looks you, amazing. It's the one special it? that... No, I haven't. Oh, they should have sent it they to didn't me. Send me a, they didn't send I'm me. I'm sorry. No, but I, I retweeted the... Did you the, see the trailer? The trailer's fucking Oh, the trailer amazing. came out great. Yeah. So do, what do you... Because I know a lot about you, and yeah. one of the things, your stand-up has grown in like... I, I've used you as an example on this podcast, but when you did the States, yeah, that was such a great... Almost, it was almost seemed to me like an exercise for you, like like because you did one bit on late night, just right. one bit. Yeah, you didn't change. Right, you didn't switch it up. You just did one bit. Yeah, and it almost seemed like a writing exercise. Well, it wasn't, but I had done that before. Though I did the prior time I went on Conan, I did a story about being a a professor at a at a college. It was oh it yeah, it was a role play. Yeah, where the the woman wanted to have sex, and I wanted to really be a professor and and dedicate myself to the to the role and and not be undermined by her wanting to have sex in the role play. Yeah, so that was that was one joke, but it was more it was more popular when I talked about the state abbreviations. It's interesting because it's interesting. I thought she was voice memoing something. <laughs> no. It's interesting because yeah, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. of course, please. Um, it's interesting because I I feel like, especially with this special, your stand-up's gotten very personal, where it wasn't always personal. No, no. I mean, I, I think you could tell a lot about what, what made me laugh and what I found funny, so, mm-hmm. which is kind of personal, but I didn't really talk about my my life, and, and I, I didn't, I, either I didn't have the skill or I didn't have the, the will to investigate that and 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 be open about it the interesting thing about the the special to me is that nine months before i shot it i wouldn't have told anybody outside my family that i had been in the in the hospital in the psych ward that was i was so embarrassed it happened for the special sake i compress it into one event yeah because i don't know how people would take it if i was like yeah twice in in one year basically i was hospitalized with depression and anxiety and two times sade reminded me that i was in the emergency room at the behest of my psychiatrist twice in one week at, at one point and really? one night i had to talk myself out of the observation tank because i had gigs 
and I was I needed to I knew that the key was not to tell them that I had had suicidal thoughts, which was really why my psychiatrist told me to go to the emergency room. So I knew to, to downplay that, but also I I had to let them know how I needed to get to the airport in the by eight a.m. and it was three o'clock in the morning, and I was in the I was in the the it was kind of like a um glassed area where they would watch you and check in on you every once in a while and really and yeah it that was that was bizarre so i was hospitalized twice for the special i say it was just one time and i was just in the, it, just cram it all into one story yeah i was i was in the i was in the psych ward and i told my manager because i had to cancel gigs and he must have told my agent and then i told my mom and a friend who I'd been friends with since sixth grade came to visit me. And then this woman who I became friends with, who's actually a journalist, her and her boyfriend and Sade, my wife and I, we had Valentine's dinner in the, in the psych ward, which was probably the most romantic. Would you say that was the most romantic Valentine's dinner that we ever had? Also during during art therapy, I made a Valentine's Day card. During art therapy? Yes. It was basically <laughs> finger painting for old people. What's uh what's what's the psych ward like? Ordinary. Really? Ordinary, except you're not allowed anything that you could hurt yourself with, and they take your cell phone and you write with pens that are just the insides of the pen because the, to, to give it away that there's yeah. sturdiness so you couldn't attack someone. And then what was the other? And then you have socks with treads on them. That was the other really? thing, which I think all socks should have treads on them. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I think it's very helpful. But it was, it was, I was, the scary part was thinking about what it was going to be like because you, all we know is the movies we grew up with. Yeah, where someone's holding you by the back belt loop, walking yes. you around. Yes. And, and then there's some big Indian next to you playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> who was who was silent until you offered him gum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was so it was so ordinary. Oh, and the the phone cord when I called, I hadn't used a, a payphone in a long time, yeah. and the cord to the phone was so short you had to like oh, bend so you down. Couldn't yeah, so you yourself? couldn't strangle yourself or another Jeez. or another another patient. So when when did I I know that I know that you've dealt with depression? Yeah, for probably I I know from my own experience that you've dealt with it for about sixteen years ago. You told me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it was the first I'd ever heard, and I and, it, and I think I, I think what's really fascinating about what's fascinating about this special and your choice to share this with people is everyone would looks at you and goes, "How? Why would he be depressed? Right, right. Which has got to be the toughest thing when they're like, he's in great shape, he's beautiful, he's <laughs> smart, he's got a great smile, great handshake. You're the nicest guy in the fucking world. Oh, thanks. And so man. I think that's where it gets confused. People look at me and they're like. How are you so happy? I mean, you're overweight. <laughs> you drink all the time, you know? Yeah. I think that, well, it's an illness, but also it's hard to, it was always hard to complain about things when, when I had seemingly everything I needed to be, to be happy, but I had this illness. But the two people who, who really opened up my eyes were, were Jerry West, the, the basketball star, who's the logo of the NBA. He, 
he had a book, a memoir, in which he talked about how depressed he was and how unhappy and how he failed like a failure. And then really? I, I read Springsteen's autobiography in which he talks about not being able to get get out of bed. And at the time, he was Bruce Springsteen. And I Jeez. always th thought, you work hard, you get great, you feel good about yourself. And if Springsteen, and if it doesn't work for Springsteen, then then something's wrong. And, yeah. and he he took antidepressants and 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 recovered and 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 is thriving and and that's been my experience when my antidepressants work i i do well and but i also know that sometimes the, the time is limited so i make hay while while the sunshine while the that's, sunshine, my, life, my, favorite, yeah. I, that's my favorite saying ever. right i feel good yeah. i'm gonna write everything down and get on stage every night because yeah. i don't know when when this is going to run out so i i've had the the longest remission and recovery of my of my life since pretty much october of 2017 until now which is almost two years i've i've been on top of the world and and sweet so how does it how does that, how does depression work like that like <sighs> like if you're on meds do, doesn't that just make it go away no because sometimes the meds stop working like you know that author david foster wallace yeah he had been on something for a long time felt good went off it felt bad went back on it it never worked again and then he he hanged himself so it's it's tricky but there there are a lot there are like 18 or 20 other things i do every day to to stay to stay on the tightrope that that because i i felt like the medicine just got me to a level where i was where i was above water and could breathe and and could do things like exercise and eat right and do shows and but I, I don't know what your experience on the road was, but it, it was tough when I was initially recovering because the, the isolation can be bad with the hotel. And so I started accepting invitations of, of audience members to meet for, for breakfast and lunch. Really? Yeah. I remember in Bloomington, Indiana, I, I, I went out with this guy who, who invited me and his wife and he invited me out to lunch the next day. And I, I kept the I kept the the appointment and and it was it was helpful because otherwise I'm just in my hotel room up until the show starts and I'm writing and everything but I realize that when I get to the show the audience is the first pe person I talk to. That is a insane truth to our business. Yeah. It's sometimes the only one you're talking to are the people sitting in the dark. Yes. <laughs> and it's so sad. And if they and if they and if <laughs> imagine imagine the what what a what a gamble it is is you need them to laugh and if you don't yes, get them to laugh exactly do you i i mean i've haven't worked with you in years but i just know that you you always killed but did you ever find your mood the next morning tied to how you did the night before a hundred percent married yes, to it right dangerous uh, like like really and i don't think anyone really understands that how dangerous that is if yeah. i have a bad set I can be in an I can be in a house, have car, have money in the bank. Yes. But if I had a bad set, yes. I am I can't believe this is the beginning of the end. I knew they yes. were gonna find out that I sucked. Yes. Oh my gosh. See, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, well, Bert never feels that. He has you know a great what? time every time. You know what? I gotta be honest with you, I don't I'm not wise enough to know if I have depression. Okay. Like I'm not insightful enough. Someone said to me the other day, you don't live a very examined life. And I was like, yeah, I kind of try to like 
I have really bad. I've always Why dealt would they with say to that, that to you? I always found that that you brought a lot of wisdom and in, insight into into life. Maybe not your life, uh, yeah, but, maybe but not, life yeah. into life. Yeah, but like I kind of I deal with anxiety, and I kind of yes, I knew about skate that past things, right? Like, um, almost imagine if you're imagine if you're in uh, the Temple of Doom, and you're like. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get the fuck out of here. I'm just walking. There's cobwebs. I'm afraid of spiders, but that's not a big deal. Just wipe them off. Like I, yeah. I do that sometimes with life, and I think that's primarily what, what, like when I drink on the road, I know it's to cover some sort of thing. Okay. I up until recently realized that there is a direct connection with, like, I, I never like staying in bed all day. Yeah. I didn't. And I and I have anxiety, and I and I realized very recently, oh, this is I think this is what depression is. Yes. And I was like, I just can't right. get out of bed, and I'm like, not only can yeah. I get, I like I can't get, I get, I literally, I it had it today, I had it today, and I, and but see, mine connect, connects close less with depression and more with anxiety. Uh -huh. So I, and so I I got up, and I was cuddling in bed with the dog and i was in love okay. with the dog and i was like so okay. helpful with anxiety dogs oh, God. oh my word and so then i got up and i swam in the pool yeah and i came out and i said all right leanne i'm gonna um i said i'm, I'm fucking i got i've got anxiety or something's going on she's like why don't you go to hot spin class exercise always helps and i'm like yeah, but i'm in this place where i'm like no nah, because now my brain's going i sometimes my brain will say um staying in bed might save your life no like it's like don't get out there there's yeah. bad stuff out there people get right. hit by cars yeah you can have a good hot spin and have a stroke so i went to hot spin annie texted me and said hey i'm going to hot spin you should come yes I guess Leanne texted her yes and then i went and my day turned around after absolutely hot spin class. yeah that's the other component is the, is the exercise but you call it the temple of doom <laughs> and i call it madness in my periphery at all times like oh. if i if I look either, to either side of the road, I see madness and everything that could could tear down my my day and eventually my world. So I keep my head focused on right exercise, walk my dogs, get a meal, and not look at the things that could could derail me. Like like the idea that I'm never going to write another good joke again, which happened to me a, a few years ago, and and set me on course for my for my worst episode of of depression which for real yeah which is what the what the i'm not trying to to plug but just what no, the, no 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 yeah your what special, special is the only organic what the special deals with it's the only organic conversation you can have like most specials it's just like you know but this and it was such a it was it's such a uh a diversion from you for you for what you normally did was observational right um real smart high-end joke writing to go to to go to where like where you i know i think it's i find it more fascinating because uh -huh. i i man i so many people are more open about depression yeah i remember one time i was because uh, comedians I, are great at being open about depression i will say yeah yeah i and it's amazing how many people have it yes like neil brennan has talked about it yeah i had no idea we, he he's, he, he said does. everybody th just thinks he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he uh, he did ketamine therapy. I did that. Did you really? Yeah, Sade was there for it. She videoed. Wait, yeah. Real? She, Wait, tell me about it. So she found it online. This this 
doctor in New York City because you needed a license to do it. And it's not, at the time, it wasn't covered by any insurance. It was a few years ago. And you go there and you, you sit in, it was very similar to, I had a friend who had chemo in that you just sit there and they put an IV in you. Only in this case, it was, it was ketamine. And Sade will, will tell you, I was like catatonic, like Silas Marner on the couch all day long. I didn't watch TV. I couldn't read because of the anxiety. And I would just sit there and hopefully fall asleep at some point. But my days were very limited other than walking my, my dogs. Yeah. And then she read about ketamine. She found a doctor in New York. We went there. He, he was very reasonable, reasonably priced in that he gave a sliding scale. So he said anywhere from, from 100 to $800. And I said, I can afford $400. And so I gave him $400 for an hour. I had the, the, the IV and it was xanadu man it was it was i we put on we put on beatles magical mystery tour and when i tell you i hadn't enjoyed anything for over a year and a half at that point i hadn't really smiled or laughed i was in heaven for the really? hour that i was outside of my my depression i didn't hallucinate i just we have video of it and I'm I'm telling Sade that I feel like myself, and if I could feel like this after we leave, then I'll have my life back. But the thing was, it would dissipate pretty quickly after I really? after I left, and it was such a bummer. And I would go back because he said maybe it'll take three or four trips. But then after the fourth one, and I I talk about this in the special. After the fourth one, he was like, I can't take your money anymore. And I was like, but I have more. <laughs> I have more money. I have more money, please. Yes, please take it. It's it's worth just the hour outside of this misery. And he said it's not working. You're supposed to leave and feel well again. And and it was it was so disappointing. But in studies, it works sixty percent of the time. And also, they use it in emergency rooms for people who are about to commit suicide or want to commit suicide. Really? Yeah, they give it to them and it turns them around. It's it's very effective. Just not with me. My buddy killed himself, and I had oh. I had to I had to wrap. Anybody I knew? Croy. Oh shit! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. Talk about what we opened this conversation with. That yeah. was a handsome, charming, Gorgeous. nice, sweetest guy. Funny. Oh, sweetest I'm so guy. sorry to hear yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bert. Yeah. Oh, it broke. That's broke tragic. My heart. It's still, of it's, course. I still get worked up about it. Did you even know that he was depressed? No, I oh. didn't. I had no clue. I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't think he knew. Yeah. He, I, I don't, I don't, I, not to, not to like, I'm not to broad stroke Florida, but yeah. like we weren't raised with that skill set growing up that you, there's depression, there's anxiety. Right. Neither you, was I. You said you have yeah. the, the greatest line in the teaser. All we had was, uh, was toughen up or what was it? What's uh, the line? Well, there was, there was, um, what have you got to be depressed about? Yeah, and snap out of it. Snap out of it. Right. And so, but, I think, the, but there was also suck it up. Suck it up, which man. was like a sports thing. Oh, yeah. and I think I think that I think he was dealing with depression and didn't know his brothers uh. had his brothers had little literal run-ins with um, with substance abuse his whole life, and so it's I think it's been yeah, a lot of people self-medicate. I think I probably I'm sure Croy did, and I'm sure I did. But um, 
I could, I had to wrap my, I tried to figure out why someone would kill themselves. I needed a solution. I was really frustrated by it. I needed to know what is the positive of it. I, I, and I, the only thing I ever came up with was, and this sounds silly, but for someone with anxiety and who worries about death, I said, you know what? If I just tell myself <laughs> I'm going to kill myself in 10 years, then I know that's how I'm going to die. I don't right. have to worry about anything anymore. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all I could come up with. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, suicide's never, I've, I've never, th I've never thought about it. My thought, I mean, everyone's thought, I've, like, today I thought people's got to have to fuck their dogs. Like, there's got to be someone out fucking dogs. Right. I was cuddling with this dog so hard. I was like, oh my God, like, this dog's so much fun to cuddle with. <laughs> I know there's someone that's taken that too far. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. If you got, can, it just has yeah, to be. Anything you yeah, can anything conceive you of, can people have, of, yeah. People have done. People have, done. People have a, a hobby of. Yeah. And yeah. so, but yeah, but I've never, I've never, and like, suicide's got, uh, I got a, it's got a weird rap in this house. Because the girls were there when I found out about Croy. Oh. They were there and, and they saw me break down crying. And they were oh. like, they were young and they were like. Who told you? My dad. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I was on that. We were in Alabama. And Leanne. Your, your dad, who I don't know that I've met. Have I met? Yeah, you've your, met him. I met, okay. He loves you. Okay. But one thing I know about your dad is that you called him at one point when you first started doing comedy and he said i didn't do right by you you need to humble yourself yeah and you got a job sweeping up at the the boston comedy club yeah. at your father's advice and that was like that was some tough love Ooh. that i that i was really impressed with with his level of integrity and and his ethics which which goes a long way as to what kind of husband you've become and 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 what kind of father you are and and i i really i really admire your your father and 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 have a lot of respect for him because he oh, he did, did the right thing because it would have been easy for him to to bail you out not bail you out literally but but just yeah just yeah. keep paying for me yeah he was that yeah. was his it was that was the greatest, you know. You don't those pivoting so valuable, yeah. So valuable, point. yeah. And you, di I didn't know it was coming that day. It was my twenty sixth birthday, and yeah. I just thought he was calling to say happy birthday. Yeah, and he fucking gave. And that's it to a me. critical moment in a comedian's career. Twenty six years old. Ooh, yeah. I would be. I would not be where I am today had it not right. been for that one phone call. Yeah, I probably. I probably would have gotten addicted to drugs. I think of things like that. Like had I started in LA, I would yeah. have gotten addicted to drugs. Wow. Like I definitely would have just been like, I would I would have gone to the store and I would have done Coke with all the guys that did Coke. Ugh, really? I, I just would have done it. I just, I wouldn't have. But, but, but were we you started, aware of the? We started, we had a very interesting group because it was me. I, I mean, I'm speaking collectively, but the, yeah. the, the, the group of Barry Katz, comedians yeah that all started in new york and kind of hung out in new york and then all moved out to la together uh-huh and um and i don't i think we were more career focused than anything well their women weren't number one on our priority right it was career do you remember we would go to fuck i mean i can't can i tell you what i think our focus was featuring <laughs> we what? wanted to get as much stage time as possible because yeah. we knew that would allow us to become the comedians we wanted to become. And at that time, the only way you could get on stage was to be the star of a sitcom. Yeah. And 
other than that, either you were famous a long time ago or you're the star of a sitcom now. Otherwise, you weren't getting a lot of road work. Yeah. And you weren't getting on stage with the clubs out here. And so that became our our focus. If you could have told me any other way to get on stage every night, anytime I wanted to, I would have done that too. That Do you was our we asked that was Chris our Rock? focus. Yes, we were backstage at the comedy yeah. store. I think and we were so often. We were lucky to be there. It was like it was a murderer's hall. I mean, yes. I, I, it was like Chris Rock, Andrew Dice Clay, Roseanne yeah. Barr, Louis, yeah. Anderson, Louis Anderson. Yes, and we were sitting back there, and Chris Rock was like, and we were like. We had been at we had been at the we had been at the coffee bean earlier in the day. Yeah, and we were saying how do we get how do we get to feature? Yes, I just would like road. to feature. Yes, like yes. How do we get feature work? We yes. got to be good enough to feature. Yes, and we said to Chris Rock, "How do we get extra? How do you get feature work?" And he goes, yeah. "Feature work." Yeah, feature work. And he, and he told us we we mentioned a comedian that we were that we were not admiring, but envious of because he was getting a lot of work yeah. and chris rock and and chris rock has said a hundred things around me and to me since then and none of them have been reasonable <laughs> he talks so much nonsense like like he he just is is every oh. time i come home from having spent oh. a, a night working with chris rock at the comedy cellar i come home to sade and i tell her the nonsense <laughs> that he spouted and we laugh but the only reasonable thing that he said was that time when he said if you want to be like that guy that's who you're going to wind up being and we were horrified by that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it I think it woke us up. It oh, was really God. good advice. It was great advice. Yeah. Yeah. That you had to set your sights a little bit higher. <laughs> you want to be than, like that than, guy, then yeah. you want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember and he, he, and he was he, right. He goes, Don't focus on featuring. Focus yes. on headlining. Yes. And yes. we couldn't wrap our heads around it at the time because we were like, focus on headlining. We're not getting stage yes, time. Yes, we can't How get fuck a, do we get that there was, a, there was a year I got on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno twice, The Laugh Factory, zero times. <laughs> I used to say my the only time my name will be on The Laugh Factory is when I die and they say, <laughs> make God laugh. Make God laugh. Yes. <laughs> Call back tomorrow next week for your veils. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, it was so humbling. That was, I think about that guy who quit comedy, Rick. Oh my gosh, Rick Harris! I think about he him. was a brilliant comic. He was a brilliant comic. Yeah, and he was. I think he had a drinking problem. Yeah, he did because yeah. he slapped an agent. Yeah, and got banned from the improv. Yeah, and he was there all the time. And that was, was his hangout. He was, he was a regular there. But yeah, he either slapped an agent or an executive producer of a of a of a hit show. Yeah, yeah, and then he just moved. I my I don't. That's so funny. The things that you remember. I, I remember is he in my memory he moved back to virginia and started teaching jersey jersey yeah he was a jersey guy I wonder what he's doing now i think he's teaching english at a high school really and he must be the best english teacher because he was so smart and well-read so smart and funny and and a good guy and i i, I know he's sober i oh, think really? that was it yeah that was the key but i i always think like he <laughs> And I and I don't have any idea because I've tried to reach out to him and I, I think he had to put his comedy life away so that he wouldn't dwell on it and which makes sense because it's I that's it's, right. I could never I remember we were sitting at that we were sitting at that 
the three of us were right around the time Last Comic Standing was starting. Yes. And you said the funniest thing. <laughs> I'm telling this to Halston because it it was the funny. It was made me laugh so hard. Gary just goes, I think I'm going to, I think comedy is too much for me. I I, I think I'm going to, I I feel like I, I made a mistake. I, I'm going to go back and I want to be a high school guidance counselor. Yes. And I said, really? And you said, yeah. I said, why? You said, so I can look at those kids and go, never be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, how ingrained comedy was in your heart that even in your old ulterior life you yeah. were gonna make sure people didn't get your, their heart broken oh my gosh well that was oh. that was like 2003 probably mm -hmm. okay cut to 2000 georgia was, and, was pregnant and 17 when i took a job because i i didn't think i could i mean my anxiety and my depression was so severe that i couldn't do i couldn't get on stage i was i was shaking and i couldn't remember my jokes and i was really? so sick and Sade and I discussed it, and we said, "Well, you could be a a teacher. I could be a I could be a teacher. That was the last job that I enjoyed as a substitute teacher at my high school." And I took a job because I was going to transition, and I actually went through this. I took a job as a counselor at a summer camp for adolescents and high school kids on the on the spectrum. Yeah, and it was a great job. I had it was great because I had to get up every day at seven a.m. to go there. <laughs> and and be a camp counselor with these kids and i did it for for six weeks and and then i i thought i think teaching is much more stressful than comedy <laughs> and i i didn't know what i was going to do because i couldn't do comedy but eventually the the medicine worked and the the treatments that are the i want you to see the special because the, one of the treatments is is quite unusual more unusual than ketamine and i, I want to know your your reaction to more it unusual you, than the lamp you used to travel with uh oh yeah i remember yeah that. remember that lamp yeah. oh my gosh they were convinced your room and you were sitting with your that lights lamp that like, light spectrum yeah that light spectrum helped moods helped seasonal affective disorder but the jury is out on that yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to. See, I'm dying to see the special. Yeah. It's not out yet, right? No, October fifth. We can 5th. get you a link. I would yeah, love. To I'm, watch I'm disappointed that they didn't get you one because no. they should have. October fifth. We'll make sure yeah. we we'll release that. Yeah, and, and it's HBO. Yeah, Judd Apatow directed Judd, it. No, Mike Bonfiglio directed it. He did the Avet Brothers. Oh yeah, on HBO, and he did Doc and Daryl. Remember that Thirty for Thirty? Yeah. He did that one, and then Jerry before Seinfeld. Oh, really? Yeah, the the Netflix special that's part part documentary and part Jerry doing a set at the comic strip. <laughs> How quickly must that have sold out? Girl, someone goes. I should I shouldn't say this. Never mind. We were doing we were doing a we were doing. I'm just fucking. I don't give a fuck. We were doing some hot ones challenge. And what you hot know, hot lens, hot ones. You know, where you eat the hot wings and you oh, answer the my questions. Word. So we did, we did it independently, and then we did one together. And they were trying to get us to trash other comics, and and, oh, and we and we, that's a show, right? We definitely that did. would be a show, trashing other comics. And so, <laughs> why was, isn't you know, that? That's you know, that's a, that was what podcasting was when we started. Really? Oh my god, that's all it was. 
You would go to Rogan's house, get high, and then it you it would it would spin out into like into like just it was it was gossip. We didn't know anyone was listening. Right. We would just sit and gossip and and Rogan's always been a he's the one thing he does better than anyone is listen. Mm-hmm. Like I just like talking. So for a guy like yeah. me, I would just fucking you you name it, I'll fucking and that's all we do. We just all get together. We go to the ice house, get in a big circle, and we just go through comics that oh acts my we didn't gosh. like. I'm surprised that that didn't become a podcast. Trashing. It, it, it did. It's called the Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, really? Well, that was where the impetus is that we were all, all Joe paid for all of it. Yeah. It was Death Squad. It's called the Ice House Chronicles. Okay. And then, and then Joe's podcast was done out of there. And yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason Jay and I don't talk is because I was very open and honest about what happened with me and him oh, and okay. i did it on joe's podcast and oh. it was and, you know in retrospect i you know I, I in retrospect i have no regrets about life i can't go back and right. go right you know because i'm very happy where i am today i'm very yeah. glad that i went through that moment with yeah. jay and I, right. and I it stinks that you know it stinks that we're not friends we don't speak and yeah but adversely i'm you know i, I had to go into therapy right after that because i was sure. i was a fucking wreck because I feel, I felt like I, I felt like I wasn't. Are you still in therapy? Loyal. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I haven't gone in a while. No? I started lying in therapy. So helpful. Oh, really? You started lying? Yeah, because I was doing therapy on Skype, and okay. I was afraid someone was going to get my Skype, so I didn't want them to know my. And so it was super ineffective. That's so interesting. <laughs> like I would, I wouldn't share. You ever talk about that on stage? It's hilarious. No, I haven't talked about but it. But you're on not stage. the only person who lies to their therapist. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard that a lot. Yeah, my. Uh, I mean, it makes the therapy session completely useless. But I, um, it happens. I because uh, they become a parent, right? Yeah. Cut right here for a second, Halston. All right, and we're out. We're out. But yeah, so I kind of therapy for me is a little bit of a. I don't know, and there was like so much shit. I there was a lot of shit that I wasn't telling him. Yeah, it's like you ever. Bill Burr one time I was going to the I was going to the doctors and I was I told Bill I'm at the store and he goes uh hey you want to go get a drink this was a little while ago and I was like oh no I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow and he goes what do you mean I said I have a doctor's appointment I want to make sure that I'm healthy for it and he goes that's not how it works right yeah, yeah yeah he goes you don't get ready for your doctor's appointment yeah you go in at your worst and let them see you at your worst <laughs> and I went oh because and then and I think I was doing that with therapy yeah like almost going like like oh, not not showing my worst because I was afraid people would steal the Skype. Wow. Yeah, and I, and it, I don't think that was, you know, like we'd go do sober October and it would be really intense. And I hadn't I hadn't been drinking all month, and I've been working out, and I've, I'm I'm in this intense competition with my three friends. Right. And I would literally just bite my lip. And he's like, "How's everything going?" I'm like, "It's going great." Yeah. I'm not fucking. Yeah. Dealing with you a lot of emotion. To, you just wish February rhymed with sober. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 31 <laughs> days. Yeah. It That's starts a up long next time. Week. You don't drink really, do you? No. No, because it counteracts or interacts with my interacts with my medication. And it, it's it, they say it's like t- having three drinks for every drink you have. So Ooh, get me on not, your medication. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It intensifies the experience and then and then i pay for it the next day i mean that's the whole the thing day, with, with the drinking is that there was a time when it was enjoyable and 
all of a sudden it, the payment the next morning was not was not worth it anymore. What about pot? Pot, I had a good run, and not anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah. what? What? How old were you when you first noticed depression? Seven. What? Yeah. Yeah, I remember being like suicidal at seven. Was there something that happened at seven? That yeah, my 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 father. In an attempt to give me advantages, had me repeat the first grade. But I was, uh, I was a good student. Uh, I was in the top reading group, the top math group. But my father got in his head. What he should have done was maybe had me start school late if he wanted to do that. Yeah. But even that, I was so much more mature than the other kids in my grade. Yeah. I've, and and then I just became as I got older. I was. I was like everybody in my classes, their older brother or their father. It was just I, I didn't, I didn't fit in the way a lot of kids fit in with their with their class. Really? Yeah, and it, and it just it was it was very, and and I also happened to have a teacher who was was very sarcastic and and very verbally abusive, and you know you get the wrong teacher, and going to school you're being bullied by this teacher and yeah the second time around first grade i was miserable really i was miserable i still to this day have have nightmares over that experience i started going to the nurse every day because i didn't want to face then the the teacher and and the yeah so so that was the first time where i would i would think to myself i would love to die that would be great really yeah you know it's so funny when i was and also the after school specials were very depressing what were the after Remember those shows? Oh yeah, I do. The ABC after school special. It was it was always like so sweet, but at the same time, somebody was getting bullied and then their neighbor would learn how to use sign language to help this this kid. Or they would go to, to chemo treatment with the kid and, oh, and somebody God. would become a hero, but somebody always would 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 be a, a just a tragic case in those shows. I remember a, I remember a marijuana after school <laughs> special where the guy was his brother his younger brother was his younger brother was a a, a great swimmer. Uh-huh. And so his younger brother was like, Hey, can you go out in the river with me and follow me in the canoe? And he was like, yeah, let me get dubbed up first. Oh, and so gosh. he gets high. And then they're paddling. He's paddling the canoe and he's just high. And he's just, and he hears a thunk. <laughs> and he hit his younger brother on the head while he was swimming. And his younger brother died. Oh. Not uplifting. I, I, oh, no, the guilt. Yeah. Guy was yeah. in jean shorts, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you don't give up marijuana, but you're not enjoying marijuana the same way after, <laughs> after that. That's, yeah, that wow wait could you really had nothing to do with the marijuana it's just terrible luck it's just a horrible circumstance yes yes i mean you can't blame yourself for your brother's death but at the same time shade what was that movie we watched hereditary did you see hereditary no it's yeah it's terrific but this kid gets 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 lit up at a at a at a party and while he's driving home i hate to i hate to be a spoiler but he gets his do- gets his daughter gets his sister killed because he got he got lit up at a party, yeah. I I I remember distinctly great horror movie Hereditary. You would if you Hereditary? like Hereditary. Yeah, Tony Collette. Oh, I like Tony yeah. Collette. Gabriel Byrne. I love Gabriel Byrne. He's amazing. Yeah, this is a solid, solid horror movie. I remember when they did Project Greenlight. 
they came running oh. in and they were like, we've got Gabriel Byrne. And I was like, not the name I think that was going to drop the mic. Everyone thought right. he's a great yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but like, it's actor. not like we got Gabriel Byrne attached. Was that the first project? Greenlight? I think, so. okay. I think it was the first project Greenlight. Aiden Quinn. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Aiden Quinn. Yes. It wasn't Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel it was Byrne Quinn. would have moved the meter, but Aiden Quinn, he just Aiden. wasn't as big as Gabriel Byrne because he wasn't unusual suspects. <laughs> That's right. It was yeah. Aiden Quinn. Yeah. It was fucking Aiden Quinn. They were, they, <laughs> I remember they were that. Some... Them coming in going, we got yeah. Aiden Quinn. And I was like, nah. Yeah, it's not going to move the movie. But I, I remember from my acting class, I did a spoof of Project Greenlight called Project Project. Project Project. <laughs> yeah. And we just, we had a lot of fun with that, mocking that that show. Do you remember when, hold on, do you remember when we decided we could make a comedian famous? No. Yeah, we were all sitting there. We said, what if we just got a great looking kid and wrote all his act? Oh, yes. And we were like, yeah, that was a, I think we thought we could call it Project Red Light. Yeah, that was and, that was a good idea. And then there was another idea that, that I always fantasize about is that, and it became the movie yesterday where Everybody forgot all the jokes in the world, but because I was so obsessed with everyone's jokes, <laughs> I went out and I had my Carlin phase and then my Stephen oh. Wright phase. Oh, is that, the I just, kid, is that the kid who starts singing all the Beatles songs? Yes, yes, but nobody knew nobody who the knows Beatles, who the Beatles were. were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I had this other one called, this was before The Office. It was called, the. I remember I sent it to you and you liked it. It was called The Complex Clown. And it was the guy who was the funniest guy in the apartment complex. <laughs> but his jokes were all similar to, the, they'd be on the elevator and he would say, looks like we got the, the local. <laughs> and everybody thought that was so funny. He was always... The complex make, clown. Yeah, because the people at the complex thought he was funny, but it turned out that he was only funny there. <laughs> so we... um. So when you're seven and you get, you feel depression yeah, and then it just chases you your whole life. Oh yeah. I would just have, I would have episodes from time to time and, and it would, a lot of it was based on how I was doing in, in sports. So if I was having really good games at, at basketball and getting my 20 points a game, I felt great. Then I'd have a lousy game or a, or a lousy string of games we'd lose and I would be inconsolable and, and felt because my entire world was whether I was going to be a basketball star, that that was going to save me. If I could be a great basketball player, then I'd then I'd feel good about myself. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. This podcast is brought to you by Hims. 66% of men start losing their hair by the age of 35. Their names include Tom Segura. He started losing his hair so young and he did nothing about it. See, once you've noticed thinning's hair, it can be too late. That hairline slowly starts to move backwards, and then you have weird bald spots at the front of your head, and you got to shave your head like Tom just to, like, compensate. I started losing my hair at 22, but you know what I did? I got in front of it, and guess what? I still have a full head of hair, kind of, kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm using preventative medicine, and you can too. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help you treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescriptions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier to have 
online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor visits, long pharmacy lines like I had to do in 1994 when I started losing my hair. 4HIMS connects you with real doctors online, which honestly can save you hours. Completely confidential and discreet. Just answer a few quick questions. The doctor is going to review. They're going to determine if it's right for you, and then they can prescribe you the medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. These are the things that are featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, Playboy, just to name a few. Order now, and my listeners can start with HIMS Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today while supplies last and obviously subject to a doctor's approval. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy or somewhere else. Go to 4 slash BurtCast. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash BurtCast. 4 slash BurtCast. Be the best version of yourself. This podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox. Look, when it comes to meat, quality matters. And what matters more than anything to me is the kind of meat I feed my family. There's nothing more important to me than having a freezer full of meat. I feel like I'm prepared for the apocalypse. I feel like I'm prepared for Friday night. I feel like I'm prepared for the weekend. But more importantly, knowing that I've got great tasting meat, high quality meat, 100% grass-fed finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, or wild-caught salmon. I'm telling you right now, those are hard to find at the grocery store, but not at ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. It just shows up at your door, and literally you always have something in your freezer to cook for dinner. That's one less trip to the grocery store, and better yet, it's more affordable too. There's nothing more festive than a turkey dinner. Dinner. A diener? A diener. <laughs> I mean, is it even Thanksgiving without it? This year, do Thanksgiving right with ButcherBox. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated high selection of high-quality meat directly to my home. All meat is free of antibiotics, added hormones, and each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals, packed fresh, shipped frozen, vacuum-sealed so it stays that way. I can customize my box, or I can go with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. It is a no-brainer. It's the best meat shipped right to my door, which means it's one less trip to the grocer's options like 100% grass-fed finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork. Their pork is through the fucking roof. It literally is these huge, thick cuts of pork that cook up beautifully. Wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. It's the way meat should be. ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat for just around $6 per meal, and they even have free shipping nationwide, except Alaska and Hawaii. This Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Now is the perfect time to give ButcherBox a try. Sign up today and get a free turkey. What? A free turkey. Are you even listening, Leanne? I'm totally listening. A, a free, free turkey is crazy. Turkey plus $20 off your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash Bert or enter the promo code Bert at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash Bert or enter the promo code Bert at checkout for a free turkey. A free turkey. Leanne, that's your word. I know. Turkey is my favorite word. A free turkey and $20 off your first box. <laughs> 
I get in my head. I, did you have that relationship with baseball? Uh, that it yeah. was your identity? Yeah, but but I would get I would succumb to the yips. Oh. I am fascinated by the yips. It's it's fucking fascinating. Steve Sachs. Yeah, I I and Chuck Knobloch. My my senior year I had I struggled with um I had to catch if I played third base. Yeah. I could not throw it to first base. I would just fucking the second a ball hit to me immediately in my head i was playing golf with my dad at pebble beach and i started and i and i definitely with sports if i, I if i don't think about it i'm great yeah the second i get in yes. my head i the same started with comedy saying, i started saying to myself comedy i've never been able i've, ne I've been able to dodge that bullet okay um but it, but what i'm saying is it's the confidence and if you ever lose the confidence you're finished yeah i guess i don't know i i I think when once I take my shirt off, I it's it's all fucking yeah. But, up, but even before that, I remember you. One thing that I was blown away by, and this is probably from 1999, you found out that Jay Z never writes down his raps, and you decided that you would never write down your jokes, which I, I am amazed at. And the other thing was that you said that you knew you could rock a mic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh yeah yeah I remember going I remember going online looking for times where Jay Z said at least I wrote notes like and because I I would I would lose jokes so quickly okay. by not writing anything down yeah. I would lose oh. so much material I remember one time Segura said to me you know I feel like you've forgotten more jokes than I wrote this month wow and I went what do you mean he goes I've seen you tell jokes once and then never tell them again. Because right. I really think it would benefit you to write some of these down. We used to watch a towel. You watched a towel, right, all the yeah. time. And oh. you would be, the thing that would always amaze me is you would tell a joke. It would be the funniest thing I'd ever heard. He'd never do it again. Do you think he forgot it or it wasn't good enough for him? You know what? I, I, a tell, the one thing I've, my one pull away from a tell that I, that I, that I do in my act now, that I do in my, in my work is, I think he would, I think for him, a lot of it was like tastings. Like he'd do a tasting on stage and then he would then take one of his premises or one of his punchlines and pair it with another joke. Uh -huh. And I, so what I do is I do that some, I remember he had a joke about chasing someone with a hammer that I saw 19 different iterations of. Wow. And I never knew where that landed for him. Yeah. But like, I don't, I think... I think he he was so quick. Yes. I think he also he thinks I am sure that he thinks there are things that aren't worth going in the act. Right. Like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you like that? Yeah, that's old. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Like where I'm like, oh that would I would have, you know, if he 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 told me one time one joke he liked of mine, I told it every night on stage for the, until I shot a special. Of course. I was like it's the second he said he liked a joke, I was I'm like I hang my hat on it. Yeah, of course. If it makes him laugh god yeah what um what did you did you when did you start getting medicated for depression my freshman year of college the right before i went home for christmas break i was i was on the football team and at bu or at BC? bc yeah and i remember we got in the elevator with these guys one time i was with i was with jay moore we were in boston and the boston college football team was staying in our hotel and they got in the elevator and they were massive and they walked out and Jay was like, 
you know, Gary played on that team. And I was like, <laughs> what? He was like, yeah, Gary played football for Boston College. Yeah. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So I I went to the, they had this guy who was the, the academic advisor. And he seemed to be the only person who would, would understand how I was feeling because he, he seemed warm and, and understanding. And I went to him and I told him how I was feeling that I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed and I wanted to kill myself. And he sent me to this therapist. And then about halfway through my freshman year, I, I met with this other guy who's prescribed medicine and he, he suggested I try this. And within three weeks, almost to the day, I said, "Oh, this is me. This is what I feel like." Yeah. And it and it and it worked for the most part. It got me through through college and then and then after college and I started doing comedy, I had these odd jobs that didn't pay enough to get myself insurance, so I didn't have enough money to get medication, so I went off it and then I had another another episode, but I had a I had a good run for a while there and especially when I when I lived in LA, I was doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You seem to have been doing pretty good. Yeah. I remember you were one of the first people I ever know knew that that were into like comic book stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so shocked. Yeah. Dude, some of the things I've said to people, I, was obsessed. I look back and I go, "What fucking kind of animal was I?" Like I didn't know. I'd never really met an Indian person. And do you remember David J? Yes, of course. We're Dude. still very close. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for that sneeze all day. You. He cast you in his first TV yeah, series. Life with yeah. David J. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big showrunner now. Huge. He's massive. He's huge. I remember he it's said. It's not surprising because he was such a hard worker and so smart. He was, he was, he was from Boston, wasn't he? Yes. Did you, did you know him in Boston? No, he had already moved to New York before that, before I started doing comedy. He's, he's an interesting guy. He did that sitcom. I think just so that he could get writing jobs. Really? Yeah. I don't think he had any interest in stand-up, doing the road, in acting. I think he wanted to be a showrunner. That's so interesting. I never I never thought that. I, kn I know that he preferred the lifestyle of a writer over the Who lifestyle doesn't? of a, of a stand-up. Oh, I stand could never. Stand-up is so fucking. I, I would love to have an Audi and drive into the uh, lot. No, no thanks. Really? No, I love the the. If I could live the way I am right now with no changes, yeah, I I would be satisfied. I said I, that to I said that yeah. to Jim Jeffries the other day. Or no, I think it was Jim Jeffries. I said if you no no Sebastian. I said if you can just give me five more years like this, yeah. I'll be good. You won't hear a word out of me. Yeah, just give me five more years just like this yeah. one, and then I'll shut the fuck up. And and Sebastian's like, not me. I'm I'm doing this until I die. And I was like. I could. I mean, I think I'll do stand up until I die. Yeah, but like, I don't need to tour the way I'm touring, right? Forever. I would love to do. I would love to do like Ray Romano shit, where he's just. Yeah. I would love. What is what's what's your goal in this business? Do you still have like aspirations to do multicam or? No, I mean yeah. it, it would be it would be fun, and I I enjoy those types of things, and and there are stories I I want to tell, but it's always in service of of building my audience so that i can do more shows and get on stage more my my goal is to be able to walk into the comedy cellar and say listen can i do 15 minutes and i'm not on the show yeah that's my, that's what i would love because i always felt like the only thing 
that was holding me back as a as a stand up was I couldn't get enough stage time. Yeah. And and so I I I I don't want to have to be on the road to get all the stage time, but I want I I think I'll always want to do at least a couple hundred shows and and right now I want to do 400 or 500 sets a year. Really? Yeah. I'm, I think I'm moving out to New York in December. Really? Yeah, to just get an apartment or just get an Airbnb and just do spots. Oh, we'll have so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. That'll be great. Yeah, because I, I have to have a new hour for this new tour uh -huh. that starts in January. I have to have a new hour. I can still borrow some of the right. older stuff, but I yeah. have to have new material. Great. And so, uh, and so I was like, I said to Ari, I was like, I feel like I'll just... Maybe I'll just move to New York. He's like, do it. He's like, do you can it. do like six spots a night. Yeah. I mean, that's that's stressful to do six spots a night. You get to run around. But on a Friday, Saturday, if you're at the cellar, you can get six spots. Yeah? Yeah. I have so, I'm so, they have three I was, rooms. I used to be, I was, I'm so. They have three rooms. So oh, like they've Robert got the Kelly, Yeah, Robert Kelly will do six or seven spots on a Friday night and a Saturday night. Really? Yeah. Bobby yeah. is, Bobby has. a beast. He's funnier now than i think he's ever been well he's been this funny for a, a long time what what people don't understand is that he he actually does a lot of introspective stuff yeah. on on stage it's it's real about, about very honest things about his family and his outlook and and his fatherhood and and <laughs> being a husband it's it's really it's 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 very deep because like, he's done a lot of work on himself in therapy he's done yeah we had a we had a fight uh we, i've always had fights with bobby really I've, as long as i've known him there's for whatever it's whatever my personality is very very frustrating for some people really and i think bobby but you're not like an insulting guy no i you know what it is this is me projecting i'm, I'm putting out theories i i think i have bobby on the podcast coming up so i'll talk to him about it okay but um i don't it was really frustrating for Leanne when she met me because I don't ever worry about money. I don't think about money. Uh -huh. I go, it'll show up. It'll show right, up. Right. I yeah. think it's it's whatever that you would claim a white privileged kid has in life. Yeah. I got lots of it. And so if the way I, my outlook on life, just let's go get let's go have a drink. I don't give a fuck. Let's I'm gonna I'm taking an Uber, I'm going into the city. We're let's go party. Uh let's I don't know, let's go camping. I let you like just fuck it, let's do it. Carpe diem. And I think Bobby yeah. is someone who's struggled for everywhere he's gotten in his life. Yes. And I think he looks, I think it can be frustrating when he sees, when stuff like, stuff like Rob was like, fuck it, who cares? I'll, let's just all chip in. And Bobby's like, it doesn't work that way. Like, we got to talk about that before you decide to, we're yeah. all going to get something. Right, like, right. And so I think, I think that has been, um, I think that's where we've had our hiccups. But we had a, we had a, a falling out on a podcast. I think it was on a podcast. Oh. It was a bit, yeah, but not bad, but just right, right, yeah. bumping heads yeah and he called me uh like a week later and he's like ah i'm sorry yeah i'm sci-fi yeah. i've done so much fucking work about this shit and yeah it just keeps creeping back up you know right, i love you right. i'm yeah, so yeah, sorry yeah. that we ended that way oh that's so good and i was yeah. like Bobby, yeah you know I that's love him you. yeah yeah he's he's been a really good friend to me since we we waited tables together in in boston when we were 24 or something like that so what was the group back then it was you burr well, dane well, bobby Patrice? Bill, I, Bill, I think, had moved to New York before Bobby did, and then 
So I spent a lot of time with Bobby and this guy, Al Del Benny, and then Dane would come back a lot to Boston. So I would spend time with him. And then Dane was full-time in LA. Bobby moved to New York and I would, I would see him pretty frequently because I would sometimes stay at this apartment that he shared with Bill Burr and another guy who was not a comic in... At the time, it was it was very far uptown, but now it's not considered very far uptown. It was probably only a hundredth street or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But back then, it was considered oh, that's really uptown, and 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 so it was a it was a very affordable apartment that he shared with with Bill Burr, who's who was also spending a lot of time in L.A. I bet you at that at that point. So that was that was ninety eight, I think. Ninety eight. Wow. And I was. I was still living in in Boston and working there and going to New York every once in a while, but I I never wanted to give up the stage time that I could get in in Boston because I I didn't get the same amount of stage time in in New York and also I could make a little bit of money and then we got those deals and moved out here. Yeah. In '99. '99. Yeah, because wow. I seems did like I did the Montreal New Faces. Is that where you got your deal? Yeah. Yeah. So then what what happens like like do you remember do you remember of course you do remember Orny Adams <laughs> Let me think who could forget Orny Adams I knew him when he was a a Boston comedian He was he was like he was such a ball breaker I I remember oh wanting to he, he uh he got he would say such mean things to me I remember when I first started <laughs> just had no filter he uh i i remember watching him in seinfeld when he did seinfeld's movie and he goes oh yeah i got montreal and then he just immediately oh felt like the depression just hit him and he just fucking oh. shut down but when you get a deal at and i was thinking of him but, but when you get a deal at montreal and you're and with depression like when good shit happens do you wait for the hammer to fall you're like no i i had a really good run as far as i had three straight years where i got big money deals yeah and then th the only thing was that my my prime directive was get more stage time and so the deals were, were great and i worked hard on the pilots but in the back of my head i was like i want to get this on the air so i can get some fans and do the road yeah and and so i was missing out on that yeah they're just there weren't Maybe they were, we had no idea and we were in the business. We had no idea how to get work. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's, it is. It, and I, I sent out hundreds of tapes of appearances on the, with appearances on Leno and Letterman, two appearances on Leno and an appearance on Letterman that I had done in one year. And I put them all on a tape and I found out the addresses and I sent them all and I followed up. I really hustled. And I, I remember that, that nobody even got back to me. And I, I one college, Tulane, actually gave me a, a gig off that tape. But I really, do you, do you remember, I really hustled, man. Do you, uh, you called me one time. You said, oh, I made a big mistake today, Bert. And I said, what? And you said, after too many cups of coffee, I decided to call Comedy Central. <laughs> and I go, what? You go, I just called up Comedy Central and said, how come you guys haven't given me a special yet? Yeah. Well, I remember one night I was I was supposed to do a tape to get a Comedy Central presents, which were really huge at the time. If you could get oh a Comedy Central a game presents, you might, your life. you might get some fans. 
I yeah. saw it happen for Hedberg and Dane Cook. It happened so big for Dane. Yes, off a half hour. And so I knew that was the thing. So I wanted to make a tape and I had a spot. Barry set it up for me at the Laugh Factory to make a 20-minute set at the Laugh Factory. And Bob Saget went on and did this. He just popped in and played his guitar and did these dirty songs and 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 I got bumped and I oh I was so heartbroken. I never got to make the tape to send to to Comedy Central because I didn't even get on that night. Do you know what do you know what Ari told me the other I night? I never got a Comedy Central presents. I never got it. Do you know what Ari told me? This which would have destroyed me had I known it. He said something we were talking about something and I mentioned Kyle Cease. You remember Kyle Cease? Kyle Cease. <laughs> and Ari He was goes, relentless. Ari goes, you know, it's so crazy because there was a period of time where you weren't getting stuff because Kyle Cease was. I said, what? And he goes, well, you guys were identical looking. No one could tell you apart. And I went, I said, you realize that would have fucking destroyed me had you told me that 20 years ago. That one, that you're saying I look like Kyle Cease, but number two, that I'm not getting things because Kyle's getting, I was like, oh. Whatever happened to that dude? He's a motivational speaker. Oh. Yeah, he's uh, a lot of people are motivational speakers now. I remember there was a lot. That was like a big move for comics who couldn't really cut it or didn't like the idea of writing a new hour just overwhelmed them and they just became motivational speakers. That makes me sad for some reason. Should it? Uh, I do. I think yeah, because I think it's I think motivational speaking is kind of snake oil a little bit. Yeah, I mean snake oil salesman. Yeah, but he's yeah. good at it. Yeah, yeah. All right. He had some good jokes. He certainly did, and he was a likable guy. Tom Clark swears Kyle C stole his closer. Oh. Yeah, and it was and it's a great closer. It was a great closer. He at the end of the show would go. I feel I feel like we had a good time. I feel like there's no joke. I'm fucking it up, but I feel like there's no joke that's really gonna, really gonna be better than anything that we did tonight. So instead, I'm just gonna recap it in a slow mo montage of the night, and then they started playing like some slow-mo music montage music yeah and then he just go through and all the things he did in his act he just redo that's and a it great murdered i saw kyle cease do it and i and i was like wow that's an amazing fucking closer and then tom clark's like i did south africa with tom clark he goes that's my fucking closer he stole it from me and i was like really wow yeah i always had a joke i thought kyle took from me too that's I, that's a tough one to fight because it's, I've never heard of anybody else I've doing something like that, right? I've never heard doing that. Yeah. My joke was, I, I thought Kyle took to a joke for me, but then I just, I, I, it's, it was a very pivotal uh, moment in the, my writing because I was so, I was so, this is not going to come out right. But I would, you know, Tiger Woods looked at Jack Nicholas's career and said, if I can do this, 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 and this by these certain ages, at these landmark moments in my life, right. then I, I was doing that with uh, friends of mine, like uh, guys like Dane and Nick Swardson and 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 oof. Jay, like going like if I can get and it, nothing was happening for me, and so here I am, like thirty years old, thirty two years old, and I had what you realize now as a baby, yeah. Well, oh God, I look now. I, I thought I was aged out of the business. Yeah, I thought I was getting aged yeah. out of the business. Yeah, and and if it was gonna happen, it would have happened by now. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I remember Andy Cohen, our agent, telling us. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. We used to go out to his beach house in Malibu. Yeah. I remember him telling me I lost a bunch of weight. And he goes, so, so that's it for you with comedy, huh? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, what the fuck are you going to talk about now? spin classes and losing weight oh my and word I was, like, I was like no i'm still funny and he was like well, good luck but, but i was i would i would Ugh. write jokes that i felt dane or nick or i use dane and nick because i'm friends with them so i i don't mind like if, if there was someone i didn't like i wouldn't bring them up right now yeah but like i would write jokes that i thought would appeal to like like that was in the same that 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 their fans would like also so oh i see yeah. makes sense so like yeah. i wasn't doing my own voice right i was doing what i thought was working at the time right i remember right. having a meltdown one night on our stairs to leanne and going going you know like I, I had to go out to the clubs and she goes don't go out to the clubs. stay with us stay with us george is sick and i go no i go Leanne, you don't understand no one wants to hear about fucking kids that are sick and shit like that like i gotta do i remember saying i gotta do fun boy comedy i gotta uh -huh. in order to be the fun guy i gotta go out and have a good time tonight and and I was like, and I remember just being so disconnected with right. what, how I should write. Ian Bag was the one that told me. I told one story on stage that was so different than anything else I was doing. About I had a stick in her finger in the ass and put it in the dog's mouth. Um, and Ian Bag pulled me aside and he goes, "That's what you need to be writing about." Wow. I was like, "What?" I go, "Ian, no one wants to hear fucking." Because when we were kids, if you if you went into the Boston Comedy Club, and you're like, so. My daughter had the flu tonight. Everyone be like, "Fucking next!" Yeah, talk about a taxi or a dead hooker. Oh my gosh! Or the 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 subway map. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like it seems like a lifetime. But the joke I had that Kyle sees that I always felt like because I told it and I wrote it and then I he told it he told the exact same joke like a week later and I was like I think he stole it from me and then I was like oh I got to stop writing jokes that people also can write right like because I can't blame him it's not the it was a uh, I wish I could do magic, so that way when the cop pulled me over, he's like, do you have any marijuana in this car? I go, you'll find no marijuana in this car. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the marijuana is behind your ear. And I'd be like, wait, how did you do that? How, oh, oh. That's so funny. Yeah. Mm. It's really funny, but but yeah, it's true. You have to choose obscure. Yeah. 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 What what's what's the what's the next special? The next special. What are we gonna do? Like, how do you how do you outdo this special? Well, I don't know that I can outdo it but i know that for the first time that a special is airing i have an hour to tour with that's not on the special yeah so i'm, I'm very grateful for that how cool that though, how cool that to be was known, always a stressful idea how cool though is it to be known as someone who struggled with depression and to know that people will have found you through that special yeah. that deal with the same thing and then come out to see you right. in hopes of lightening their like yeah that's been the best feedback that i've gotten is that people will will send messages saying i was i hadn't left the house in days i went to see your show and i f felt better and i enjoyed myself and certain because it, near near the end i sort of detail some of the the weird things i i did to to recover and and the because it's a litany of of things along yeah. with the medicine but they they responded to it and 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 it it's they aren't huge things they aren't huge things a lot of them are just getting out of the house and spending an hour with with somebody that was that was really really helpful because it was distracting me from my ruminations of of misery for an hour and yeah. I, and and that was enough
is getting just getting out. Yeah, just what making comics, a plan. What comics do you ha- like? Like, give, tell me comics you well, get coffee I'll tell you with. What, and... what happened, Bert? I moved back to my mom's house. I moved out of New York. Really? And so I. Well, you had that barn for a second, didn't well, you? Well, I had a barn. Yeah, I sold that in 2013, I think. I, I owned a farm. Yes. But I. You have. I you're the, you're one of the most interesting people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was in love. She wanted a farm. I bought her a farm. She ran. We ran out of money to renovate. She she left. You kept the farm, and I kept the farm. Yeah, it was. It it goes to show you that depression is a chemical thing because I've never been lower than losing my fiance while living on a farm in the middle of nowhere. It was <laughs> like eight acres, and so my closest neighbor. First of all, was a part-time of the year person. So I, I became friends with the woman who groomed my dogs. And we would go to <laughs> yoga together, but also we used to go to AA together. I'm not sober. You just want just the company. AA and depression have a lot of overlap. For real? A lot a lot of the the ideas and and expressions from aa really help with 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 depression like compare and despair is an aa term but it's it's you compare yourself like you were talking about earlier oh, to it the other comedians bum me out you so will bad. lose your mind i remember dane had a car phone <laughs> <laughs> i was so blown away he had a car phone and i was yeah. like whoa yes so i've always been a, i've always been someone i'm not competitive in careers uh, but I always do. I've I've always been compared myself to people. Even when I was a kid, I would compare myself okay. to other kids that played baseball. Yeah, I I'd was that like, way with basketball. I was like, I, I I needed to be the best basketball player to feel equal to even the worst basketball player. I remember being like, I remember seeing kids strike out and they just laugh and walk it off. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck goes or on? Or have in your a lousy head? game and talk on the bus home. <laughs> Where do you get off speaking? You should be on top of a bridge somewhere. That's where I'd be if I missed that many free throws. Oh, I dated a girl in college and we played tennis together and I was a fairly competitive tennis player. Oh, no. And she was okay. Yeah. And I beat her so badly she started crying. And I said, what's the matter? She goes, you're not letting me win. And I go, yeah, that you don't let people win. You either win or you lose. It's based on your skill. And I'm better than you, so I'm winning. She goes, well, no, this isn't fun. And I go, well, get better, and it'll be more fun for you. I can understand. It wasn't fun for me when I sucked. That's why I got better. Right. Like, yeah. I was like, wait, I couldn't wrap my head around. Dude, I remember in her <laughs> fucking, I remember cheating at a board game she with her cried. family. She cried. I remember well, cheating. So I feel so bad for. Playing a board game with her and her brother. Her brother was younger. And I was cheating. I was just cheating, like, and stealing tiles or whatever, and... And I won. And then I said, hey, just so you guys know, I cheated. And they go, what? <laughs> and I go, I mean, I couldn't, ra- I don't, this is the broken part of my brain. I go, yeah, I cheated. I just want you guys to know that I beat you by cheating. And they go, well, you didn't beat me. I go, no, I beat you because right. I cheated. I go, part of the gameplay is cheating also. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> they're like, no, why would you cheat? And I go, because I wanted to win. And they were like, wait, what do you mean you wanted to win? I said, well, I didn't want to lose. And I knew you guys weren't paying attention to the tiles. So I was taking the tiles. And then I beat you that way. So I, I outwitted you wow. by, by cheating. I could not, I couldn't understand their side of it 
so much. Like I was like, no, but I still won. Like I, I, and then I kept going, but I only told you because so that you would know that that's how I beat. Like I'm, wow. I told you I, I my brain was so <laughs> fucked up. My, that is funny, man. But I had to, I had to stop. I had to stop all of that because it just, I had to stop all that. And then Gary, I guess I get on travel channel and there was like, I would compare myself to other hosts on travel channel. And I would, I would be like very, I would, I would be like, I'm not getting the opportunities they're getting to be myself. They're making me be this one version of a guy. I want to be more like Bourdain or Adam. I want to be let out of this box a little bit. But I was like, cool with it. So I was like, you know what? I got a nice little career. Yeah. And then when I got fired from that, that I had not compared myself to anyone in so fucking long. I mean, so long. Because I was like, cool, I'm on a, I'm running a different race. Right. And then I came back to the store. I've talked about this, I'm sure, a number of times. But I came back and I I wasn't passed at the store. Oh. And, and that was a big <laughs> fucking deal for me. Yeah, of course. And then I got passed at the store. I did my first set at the store and I felt top of the world shirts off come out of the or and i'm fat as fuck i'm wearing dad jeans with dad shoes and i look and chris D'Elia is in a car we had been car shopping at the time uh-huh. he was in the car that they have in the showroom he is that he had the most beautiful girl i've ever seen yeah his clothes look like they were from back to the future like they're right. all yeah. brand new torn but ironically torn and he's on a cell phone and the girl's trying to talk to him and he's not even paying attention to her he's just and i went and for the first time i went do not get back into this comparison shit this oh, will yeah. eat you fucking yeah. alive Bert, Bert. This, and i was like you we know what we can all be crystalia i know just for one night do you know someone told me that someone told me that do you remember who this was he said he had sex with this girl in houston and then a few times right it was horrible and he goes and then i came back and crystalia had had sex with her and she'd let me know that, you know, just so you know, I don't know who you, and he goes, oh, I'm cool. Yeah. They had sex again, and he goes, she was amazing at bed. He said, Crystalia turned her into a better sexual partner. Good for him. I was like, fuck. Who wa-? Jim Florentine. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was Jim Florentine. And then I was like, I want Chris to fuck my wife. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but no, but I'm I'm comparison- surprised that there, was be, there would be, in all due respect to Jim Florentine, he's not an incredibly sexy man, I, I'm so, I'm that surprised. there would be overlap between Chris D'Elia's stable and yeah. Jim Florentine. I'd be curious, wouldn't it be fun, wouldn't it be a fun game show if you brought comedians on who had had sex with the same girl and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, you guys don't know no why you're here, do you? And they're like, oh man, oh, do we have the same joke? Close. Yeah. Um, Comparison. What is it? Was it the AA term? Uh, compare and despair. Yeah, it's a much better rhyme than sober October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I have pulled that compare and despair out of my life. Compare, yeah, out of my life. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. The only thing I do do sometimes is when I don't have something, I think of another comedian that I love and adore, and I say, well, you know what? There's no justice because this person is funnier than me, and they also don't have it. I I do that. I've like to me to me Eddie Pepitone and Todd Glass should be the two famous most famous comedians in yeah. America. They make me laugh so hard yeah. at a time when it's really hard to make a comedian laugh. They, We've Todd, seen it all. Todd Glass is a oh my special gosh. 
human being. Yes. Did you, can I, can I read this to you? Because it's my favorite thing from Todd Glass ever. Oh, yeah, of course. This is my favorite. By the way, first thing that came up is a picture of Dalia on my, on my fucking phone. He's a kid. That guy makes me giggle so fucking hard. Um, this is the last text I got from Todd Glass, okay? Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Bert, you know what would be fun? If we could just do a whole show on just to have doctors and foods and presents, and we'll present them to people who can't cook and have some and give them some like great tips and stuff, right? That's at 122. 425. Because you didn't get right back to me, I hope the next time you're in New York, there's another 9-11. Oh my God. <laughs> then immediately after, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That was for my sister. <laughs> he I read that. He makes me laugh so fucking hard. He is such a joy. I think all the time I think about when you went over to his house and he yeah. said, My house isn't much. But if we pretend, if we get high and pretend it's an airplane, yes, we'll really oh be gosh. impressed with Every it. Every room we went into, we couldn't get over it because, like, we went into the kitchen. We said, "You're not going to believe what this airplane has. It has a sink and a sub-zero refrigerator <laughs> in the airplane. This is the best airplane I've ever been in in my life." I think about that so. There's much. There's another bedroom in this airplane, guys. Yeah, yeah. You met? Did you meet him on Last Comic Standing? No, I met him when when I did a half hour for showtime he, he was the ho he was he the was the the warm-up and so we we sat together afterwards and i loved his act yeah and i loved talking to him and then we were sitting there talking and my mother who is still alive she's a very charming woman from from massachusetts she grew up in boston she's 86 now at the time she was probably 63 or something like that and she was sitting there talking to patrice o'neill she really connected with him i don't know why but he, he he was very versatile he could talk to anybody yeah and they were having a great conversation and laughing and todd glass turned to me and he said gary is he said goldman is that your mother and i said yes kind of proud because she was so cute and she was handling herself so well at this at this party and he said you tell her to pipe down <laughs> oh it made me so happy he's uh what comics do you hang out with in new york i hang out with ted alexandro he's a great guy I don't great want podcast. guy ryan hamilton i know ryan hamilton and tom ryan who you may have known when i know tom lived ryan out here yeah he's, he's married actually to... from florida no 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 he's not married wait no oh he opened for regan a lot yep i know tom ryan yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. great guy and then who else for comedians do i i hang around with Alex Edelman was a young comedian. Oh, you love him. He's very yeah. funny. And I've known him since he was 14. He was a fan who came to my show. Are you serious? And yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a wonderkind. He's a, he's like a prodigy of, of comedy. And then I'm trying to think, who am I leaving out? I know I'm leaving somebody out of who I hang out with in, in, in New York. Sean Donnelly, I really like. Joe List, I really Joe like. Joe List is a great yeah, guy. He's a great guy. He's a good hang and a really good friend. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's sober. Yes, I was with him one night in in Philadelphia. It was December twenty eighth, <gasps> I think. I he just told me this the other day. Keep going. Yeah, and 
He was guys, talking about his drinking, and I've not as a goof, but I made it seem like a goof. I think. Yeah. I started asking him certain questions that I knew from my AA. <laughs> from all the AA you've been going. Through. Yes. And and he answered them yes, and I said, "You might be, you might be." And he never drank again after that night. Yeah, isn't that crazy? On it was New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. He could have had an excuse, one for the road, and he quit that night. I mean, that is willpower, and he hasn't drank since. That is so. I'm, I was toying with the idea of after sober October, seeing how long I can go before I drink again. I mean, the thing is, is that if you're addicted, then sober October will get it out of your system. Yeah, I mean, I. I but I don't I, know that you're addicted. I'm not gonna have a physical addiction. Yeah. Um, and I don't. It's just like when I quit smoking, the thing was is that I had to do things that I always needed a cigarette to do. I had to do them once without a cigarette. I had a bomb once. I had a kill once. I had to. Oh, I thought you said yeah. I hit a bum once. I went. No, no, no. You used to I hit had bum. to bomb. You used to hit bums and then have a cigarette. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, whenever I would hit a bum, why would I all of a sudden start referring to them as bums at this you at were, this point? Do you remember? I remember saying something about. I'm trying to make a joke about a homeless guy, and you're like, Bert, I just don't think it's very funny to make fun of them. And they're just mentally ill, and they're just struggling. Like, why would you? And I go, yeah, but just we make jokes about homeless people, right, Gary? And you're like, yeah, but you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. Oh, that sounds really obnoxious of me. No, I no, we were, we, were, no, we were No, we were at the thing, and I said something about da-da-da-da-da, homeless guy. And you went, yeah. But does it have to be a homeless guy? And I said, I don't know. It's just like, like I was just doing it right, as like right, a placeholder right. of like, yeah, like that's you know that's yeah. that's something we do. Is, I mean, I mean that's the the other thing in New York. You do those showcase shows. There's four other guys who are making fun of somebody doing something crazy and they're homeless. Yeah. So you, so you sound like the other guys on the show. That's yeah. You don't want to, or you try not to do that. You had to bomb. Might not matter. Without, and not I had to bomb and not have a cigarette afterwards to calm me. And I did it I would once. Love and, to start smoking again. Oh my gosh, it was it was fun, but I realized now that I was addicted. Really, and that was a problem. Yeah. How did you? How old were you? You didn't you didn't smoke when I knew you. I, I smoked in private. I was embarrassed by it, and then all of a sudden, I was smoking all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I lived with the smoker, that woman I bought the farm for. She was a smoker. Yeah. And so then you just started smoking. Yeah, smoking all the time. Yeah, I I look I look at habits sometimes like, and I go it might be fun to get into a habit like chewing tobacco or oh chewing was cutting rampant when I was <laughs> cutting <laughs> when I when I was playing football guys oh my god they were so addicted to dip everyone yeah. I grew up with was addicted I have friends who still chew they would tobacco have fits oh I miss it so much yeah I would love I would yeah, have loved but, one oh, today man but Bert dip is so bad for your mouth yeah yeah but i start i start looking at things like i got it old. i think i'm old enough for now i'm just racing the clock no it's like bobby's got a joke he goes i got 30 summers left that's one of my favorite jokes i, said, I mean that type that is a deep joke man i said bobby 30 <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious <laughs> that is funny man <laughs> So who do you, oh, that's so cruel. <laughs> we were on a cruise ship, and I just walked up after him. I went, Bobby, 30? Oh, and everyone laughed. Did he laugh? Oh, my And he gosh. was like, yeah. He's a, but he's, I don't know. I, 
I love Bobby. Yeah, I mean, he's another person I hang around with. In, in oh, do you yeah. does, do you see him much? Does I see he come him pretty in? frequently at the at the cellar, and and he's in my he's in my special in the in a documentary interview we did together at the at the cellar. So that's pretty. I can't. I think the comedians are really going to like this. I think so. I saw. Yeah. I just saw the trailer, and it was just so honest. Yeah. That I was like, oh, I'm fucking already in. Yeah. You're, they're one of the things that I loved. I love about loved about what you do, but what you didn't do was you would say things in private that I found so funny. Like it was a testament to how funny you were. And I was like, you got to tell that on stage. You're like, ah, it's not right. Yeah. Like the first, I remember, I remember this so vividly. I laughed so hard. We were talking about uh, blowing loads. And you're like, I remember the first time I ejaculated. I said, yeah. I said, what do you mean? I said, what happened? You go, I did a very unwise thing. I said, what you said? I consulted my mother. Yes. <laughs> and I could not stop laughing yeah. consulted my mother yeah. but you weren't doing a bit you were just talking right yeah so stupid <laughs> so embarrassing and then my father my father didn't live with us you know we, they were divorced and he came over and he calmed me down because i had a, a panic attack you know i didn't know what was going on and i was ashamed oh. and 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 concerned that, that, I was, that something was wrong because <laughs> there was a time when you would do it and nothing would come out yeah yeah i'm yeah I remember I had a bit in I stopped doing it because it just I feel like I feel like right now I need someone to go through and go hey man we can get your we can skinny your act up I got like an hour 15 that is I feel like everything's lengthy I feel like there's only four bits that I do the entire uh -huh. special or the, this new special and so yeah. one of the things I did was I, I did tell the story on Conan about period parties my daughter had a period party oh wow yeah it was pretty interesting and um and then the end of the joke was i did it i flipped it and said what if we had that for guys and and i was doing a bit i was doing a bit about when the first time that happened to me and like not everyone's like skeet 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 a lot of guys are like what the fuck did i yes. do i broke it yeah <laughs> oh fuck i'm dying but i thought i took it out because it's just i was just like just fucking the thing i i always found in the way the reason i shied away from that was that i i could have gone on stage and and talked about that but then there were guys on stage in new york especially who were admitting to doing things much more private and i can't believe you would share that with anybody yeah like Norton. You, you be, right you become i'm gonna compete with that yeah but i think what i think and why i'm excited about this special is your perspective has always been so uniquely yours i hope so you you're you're an, an anomaly like you're <laughs> You're fucking six, seven, yeah. gorgeous, uh. fucking smart. And and it's like, and I think that's why, like, you know, when you see Chris Gep Gethart. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that terrific? It was fucking amazing. Oh, my gosh. But he's can, a guy I hang around with. I love that guy. He's yeah. great. I, you know. He's so nice and humble. I, a, I tweeted out something about positive about him. And I uh -huh. think he, sometimes when I, when someone's in maybe an, in an alt, alter your more scene uh -huh. and i do something nice they're always like oh what's the catch here right 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 but he right. just yeah. i think he just yeah. replied and he was like hey th thank you <laughs> like I, I got drunk and i got fucking on a spin out from uh of obsessing about lauren lapkus you know who she is well i think that i follow her on twitter but i i don't know that i know her. she's in between two ferns with zach oh okay and oh, she wow. is awesome yeah i mean she is such a great actress yeah. like such so funny so small like meaning like it's just the 
it really was so good. Yeah. And then I got drunk and I couldn't stop talking about her and on, we're on the bus. And, I, and then I guess I, I don't know what I tweeted, but I woke up the next morning to a tweet from her like, uh, thanks, I, Bert. And That's like, so I was cool. like, oh, of course. Yeah. No, you've always had great taste in comedy. I remember you introduced me to the British office. Yeah. Yeah. You were obsessed. We were in with that. Austin, yeah. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Pirelli. Houston. What did I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Houston, Houston, yeah. Houston Laugh Stop. What did I just say? Austin. You said Austin. Okay, Jesus yeah, Christ. You meant Houston. I think I'm getting fucking. No, 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 no. It's it's common. I just found out my uh, my blood pressure medicine causes cancer. Oh Jesus. Yeah. I don't need that. That's what started then my morning. Right. Is uh Losartan being recalled. Oh, and I'm no. like, and Rogan has been telling me to get off my blood pressure medicine. And I'm like, and it's been where I've, I've just been able to go, you don't know what you're talking about. And apparently he knows exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, he's so, sharp. What are the what are the other options that you have? Oh, strokes. Oh. I can have a stroke. There's, there, there, I, I Look, they say it has trace contaminants of a cancer causing, whatchamacallit? And I said to my wife, like, what do I do? And she goes, well, you can call your cardiologist and see if there's something else he can put you on. Right. She's like, or you could also realize you drink a bottle of wine a night and that has cancer car carcinogens in it right right and so not really worry about it are there are there other things that you're doing that contribute to your high blood pressure or is it just a genetic i thing need to lose weight no i have a fatty liver right now or okay. a semi-fatty but my enzymes were high and so the doctor was like hey man you gotta lose like i was 258 pounds uh -huh. at my highest right now i'm 237 okay so and that was a month ago so a month ago, I've lost, you know, like 20 pounds, That's 21 crazy. pounds. That's great. Um, yeah, but Gary, I don't lose weight healthy. Oh, I, you starve yourself? I do like, an, I'm pretty much an eating disorder guy. Yeah. I think that goes in with my OCD and anxiety. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like last night, I did not eat. And I was, but I cooked for everyone at our friend's house. And I woke up, this is a little bit of what was causing me anxiety. I didn't remember how we got home. Oh, yeah. And I was like. Yeah. I was like, I just, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and it's just, I didn't eat all day. I didn't eat. I'm, I was trying to do uh, 36 hours fasting Ugh. to see if I could do it. <laughs> That's you though. You told me how you ran a marathon having yeah. not trained at all. Yeah. It's my brain is just broken. I just wish I just wish I had some sensible part of my brain yeah. that would be like, Hey man, let's pump the brakes a little it's, bit. It's compulsion. Yeah. 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 You know what it was? I didn't eat at the airport the day before. And I and I didn't eat on the flight. And I, the flight was the hardest part. Oh, it's brutal. And when I got home. There's nothing else to do. I got home. I had a drink. And I went to bed. And I went, I'm going to bang this out. I'm going to get 36 hours. And I just, and then I'll, I got to like 36 hours. And I was like, I was like, you know what? If 36 is good. And so I didn't eat dinner last night. And then I woke uh, up this morning fucking starving. And confused. And and I'm, I was like shaky. I was like, because yeah. I drank wine. And I'm uh. like. Oh, Bert. Would you ever think about putting your therapy uh, on on a podcast? No. <laughs> no, but my we do have a session in the in the documentary part of the special with my with Sade and my psychiatrist. Sade used to come with me to all my all my appointments. Really? And ask questions because I, I was out of it a lot of the times and I would forget things and 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 also she would do a lot of research and she would ask him about these things and I I, I was I, I have a hard time asking questions of people in authority, 
and and she was very assertive that way and 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 very knowledgeable about the different treatments and options so so we do a session in the in the and it's a little bit of exposition about the nature of 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 depression and anxiety and and also the treatment and and that was pretty cool when i first came up with the idea of doing a hybrid documentary and and special that was the one scene that i said we should do an interview with my doctor because he's he's one he's very knowledgeable and respected but two he's very comfortable on on camera and he's very charming really? yeah so then what did judd apatow have to do with it he produced it he produced it he gave notes all along the way and really? and he was sort of a, a consultant and and also right right away you get seen by hbo if he's if he's involved yeah. so yeah but he he was very helpful in in designing the narrative and the and and how we how we tell the story like one of the notes he says we, we really need a gut punch and the gut punch comes in that scene with the psychiatrist. It's, really? Yeah. It's, it's well, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's force them moving. to send it to me because yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, but it's gonna be on HBO Go also. Yeah. So that's the, that night. The yeah. Beauty. Yes. Yes. That's it. that's what's great. HBO Go and HBO Now, and and then I think they have a thing called HBO Max that they're that they're debuting in April or, or really I'm not sure when. But yeah, I just saw that's the, gonna all be the like streaming wars come out. Yeah. Like they were just talking about all the platforms and then yeah. we're like, oh wow, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be fucking, it's gonna be back to fucking, back to st the scratch. Right. We're never gonna have to leave the house. Yeah. There'll hey. always be something to watch. <laughs> yeah. How long are you out here for? I'm here till Saturday morning. Okay. Yeah. And then back to New York. And then back and to then, New York for and, some promo. Like I'm doing the Today Show. Have you ever done the Today Show? Yes, I have. Are you doing it with? Are you doing? I've only done the later to later today. Yeah, I think that's Oda. what I'm doing. Yeah, I think that's what I'm doing. And then Seth Meyers. That's gotta be fun. Yeah. What else? He's really cool. You doing Conan out here? I'm doing Conan tomorrow. Yeah. That's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's yeah. I that that show. I had a the period party. I told on the show. Yeah. And it went viral. Wow. Yeah, and so that it kind of is good and bad is you know i'm glad that it, people saw it and like little girls saw it and they could deal with their periods better i'm happy right, about yeah, that but course. then i'm fucking kind of going did i lose the bit because like like 30 million people saw it so you're like yeah but that's the thing with 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 jokes you tell yourself did i lose the bit and you're telling yourself you can't write another bit yeah yeah but it's a good i, I was gonna I close know, on it i know but you're such a prolific guy well, maybe I'll bail on period party because I already did it. Yeah. Yeah. Because now I go, my daughter's got the period and everyone goes, period party. I go, oh, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'll Ugh. lose period party. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. This has been good for me, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so when's the premiere? October 5th. October 10 p.m. to 11.15. 10 p.m. to 11. Ooh, an hour yeah. 15? Yeah. Yeah. About 13 minutes of documentary interspersed with 62 minutes of stand-up. This is going to be great. We Thanks, I just man. did a I just did a podcast with Taylor Tomlinson who talks about depression and she didn't expect to talk about it. Uh -huh. And then we just got into it and uh Leanne said my my emails were lighting up, but I I suspect there were a lot of men who like myself and my buddy Croy have just been like toughen up, right. just get out of bed. Yeah. And so it's I'm really I'm really proud of you oh thanks to do man. a special this I brave really and like talk that. about stuff like that and what's great is it's gonna it's you're one of the best comics in the business thanks so man. it's gonna be fucking stellar material thank you i can't I, fucking wait but i i 
I hope I've told you this over the years, but I, I, I really appreciate the, the encouragement and, and the, the praise that, that you give me because I, I always think that the, the guys who are doing more adult content <laughs> think I'm a sissy or something by, by, no. by doing jokes about state abbreviations. So it's, it's, really, Dude, nice that to, was one, that's, it's really nice to hear when you guys appreciate state me. abbreviations is one of the most... <laughs> viral bits yeah that's like everyone was like this is how you do comedy <laughs> was it well, didn't Patton? yeah Patton sent some something really nice yeah. like, this is my yeah. favorite bit i've ever but seen that was i remember being in a really bad place emotionally and i read that from Patton, and i thought okay you're not as bad as your brain is telling you you are because this guy who you know you admire yeah. likes you so that Dude, was really such helpful. a great 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 bit thanks man I'm going to show Thank it to you. the girls tonight. Oh, cool. Yeah, they don't, they're not, they're like what they find funny is like YouTube yeah. stars. Yeah, so of course. They, yeah. YouTube stars and Brian Regan. Oh. They love Brian Regan. He's the, he, I think he's our greatest. Oh, yeah. He's the yeah. sweetest guy. And so not, so humble. And so smart. When we, yeah. we wanted to buy a new house, we were wanting to buy a oh, new house. Oh, that was such great advice. Yeah. 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 I just go, yeah. God damn it, man. I, yeah. I, I wish I had, I wish I had more of like what, uh, Starfuckers had where I could just text those guys. Oh, like I know. Text Brian Regan and be like, "Hey, yeah. man, how you doing?" I can't do yeah. that. I'm so bad at that. Right, right. But you could DM him. Okay. I feel weird. No, he would love that. I mean, I I sometimes fantasize about what I eventually will write to him about how much he meant to me. Like someday he'll 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 say something complimentary. He has like maybe yeah. he'll say, "Hey, nice special. I really liked it," and then I'll let loose with you have no idea how how i modeled my approach to stand you know just really lay it on thick <laughs> take it just an inch too far <laughs> <laughs> like say i yes. love you during a one night stand oh yes oh my gosh do you do you know my friend chris fleming no i don't think okay so. you may have seen is he he does this thing about the the company is coming and he has to clean up but he, he does this character called gail who's actually a woman but she's a, a really intense woman anyhow he does this act out of the time when he was a kid when his father by mistake told his soccer coach ended the conversation by saying i love you by mistake <laughs> and it's one of the funniest things he does it as a dance and a musical is it online yeah it's online oh, I got chris fleming it. you have to find it chris it's hilarious fleming? yeah we write that down halston chris fleming yeah. Yeah. That's fucking great. Yeah. Well, dude, congratulations on the special. Thanks. You know for I love me you. On. Thanks. I, I'm hoping George is in there so you should. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be great. Leave. Where's Leanne? She should be in there too. Okay. All right. It was well, so everyone's great to everyone's, see you. everyone's being camped out around the house because of the new puppy. Oh yes. So like everyone's friends are coming over. Oh, that's and, so great. Yeah. Uh, dogs are the best. All right. I love you. Thanks love for you having too, me brother. on. Say I hi do. to Annie. I will. I'll see yeah. you at Hot Spin tomorrow. Okay. Awesome. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.